Welcome to the J&J Connection Podcast. I'm Jesse. And I'm Jordan. Today, we will be talking about millennial culture. This episode is sponsored by Audible. Be sure to check out our link in the description at audibletrial.com slash J&J Connection, and be sure to listen for more later in the podcast. Fact of the day, Tycho brought... Is it Tico or Tycho? Tico. Tico. Fact of the day, Tico Brahe once owned a drunken moose. The hoofed critter would trot alongside Brahe's carriage like a loyal dog and lived inside his castle. But unfortunately, it also appeared to have developed a regrettable taste for Danish beer. Naturally, Brahe couldn't resist showing off such a bizarre young animal to his various associates, and soon enough, a nearby nobleman had asked him to send the moose to his castle to entertain the guests at a party. You with me so far? I'm, I'm here. Awesome. Here's, here's the good part. As the dinner wore on, the creature grew increasingly tipsy until it eventually wound up roaring drunk. According to Brahe's biographer, Pierre... Gassendi, probably butchered that, shortly thereafter, and I quote, the moose had ascended the castle stairs and drunk off the beer in such amounts that it had fallen down them to its eventual demise. Pour one out for our moose, bro. Pour one out for our homie. Imagine owning a moose. Or just a creature that does something like that. Well... Remember those videos of the moose, like, walking next to cars? And, like, they're the size of cars? How could you keep one of those in control? That's my... Right. My brother told me he was hiking in Colorado, and, uh... There was a moose on the trail. That just a bunch of people were surrounding it and taking pictures. And then there was a dog barking Mm. at it. Mm. That That sounds like... I would have saw that and been like... Yeah, I'm out of here, guys. I'll see you later. Yeah. That thing's going to go off the rails, and we're all going to die. Like those people who sit like two feet in front of Buffalo, and then they freak out, and they're like, oh, no, it's freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> who would have thought? <laughs> Certainly not me. Buddy, buddy. Oh, welcome to the podcast. Whoa. Buddy, thank you. I'm glad to be here again. This is my 24th episode in a row that I've been, some, a, been a guest. Some, Someone would some would say that that entitles you to our uh, to our riches, but that someone isn't me. Oh no, who's in charge? <laughs> I want to talk to the man in charge, buddy. I want to ask you how how your day was. Hmm, it was good. Uh, I went to bed at a reasonable hour last night. I pro- I probably stayed up on my phone too much, uh, but. No, woke up. Uh, haven't really. I had some work to tend to early on, as far as lab goings ons. But other than that, it's been pretty lazy. Nice. How about you? My day was extremely productive, and now I'm paying the toll. Mm. <laughs> I decided to go to the gym, socially distancing, of course, the best I can, and. I've been running a six-week program, and I was time to max out. And I I like to max out without a belt, just to know what I can do without one. 
and for people who are listening, they may not understand what a belt does for you. It just compresses your, your innards. Holds your insides in. Yeah. <laughs> but my, this power belly is my belt. Um, anywho, squatted 420 pounds, deadlifted 505. What's up? Blaze it. Sorry. <laughs> Go on. And, yeah, I was feeling feeling good after all that happened. I even did 10 minutes on the Stairmaster to kind of try to loosen things up in my legs afterwards. Came home, took a shower, and then I felt like I was going to die. <laughs> Still got bench to come, though. That's, that's going to be later in the week. But that's been my day, and now we're doing a podcast. Woo! Woo! I feel like we should have got started <laughs> earlier, but... That's fine. Because I don't, I don't know what it is. I was actually... Uh, I don't know if I should say this, because now I'm just going to make myself sad, but I was going to work out today. Oh, I guess buddy. I still can, but... The day is still young. Yep. Anywho, we're going to talk about millennials today. Dang millennials. Dang millennials. I hate them. Everybody hates them. They're the worst kind of people. Um, My buddy. Yeah. What is a millennial? A millennial is me and you. A millennial is you and I. A millennial is the J&J Connection podcast. Uh, No. So millennials were born in 1981 to 1996. Hmm. That's us. So anyone 37 to 22, all things considered, think about millennials almost being 40. Like that doesn't, that doesn't make sense to me. I, if you were born in the eighties, I don't consider you a millennial. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I don't care what this chart tells me. (laughs) They're the original millennials though. Yeah, but they're not the ones who get blamed for everything we are. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. I I think it's I I think we are reaching the age to where we we can be the problem demographic now. Like we're 25, we contribute to the system, and so therefore we can contribute uh subpar things to the system as well. So I think we're just aging into it. But the people who are in their 30s have been contributing or not contributing to that system for a very long time now. So I think we're we have we have assumed the mantle of people who are a burden to everyone but you know and that's proud that i'm a proud millennial to say that now but you know we're gonna get in, <laughs> into on why people don't like like millennials but mm-hmm. and i can i can already say i sympathize with older generations simply because i don't care for young people myself <laughs> mm. i look at them and i'm like what an idiot <laughs> and then it's like well I'm going to keep getting older and I'm still going to be looking at them going like, what an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> um, anywho, let's, let's dot. Excuse me, mm. Google. Let's just, let's not do that. There we go. <laughs> anywho, let's dive into this. So there's some, some stereotypes of millennials, right? I yeah sure yeah thank you <laughs> thank you it's written here so it has to be true it has to be true um I don't really know how to really go about this we started talking about this um in the previous episode 
and I was just going to start rambling, mostly on dating culture, but we'll get to that. Um, but we're just going to go over millennials as a whole, and so we're called entitled, buddy. Buddy. Am I? I, I deserve not to be called entitled. Why? It, it was a joke. <laughs> oh, uh, well, expand on it, bro. Well, <laughs> I'm struggle busting over here. I mean, I mean the stereotypes part. I there there are definitely like funny tropes that you can say about millennials. Like they're the avocado toast hipster beard people, and one of those things is entitled, which sort of goes, you know, like to. You know, I should get this thing because I I participate. And, I mean, to an extent, I think that's true. But, um, you know, some people are just ten- temperamentally like that. So, I, is this generation more entitled than most? Uh, I mean, the loud ones seem to be, but I don't, I don't think that's Do you think it's exactly any- true. Do you think it's over-exaggerated because of the uh, access we have to social media? Yeah. Well, yeah, that sort of goes into, you know, the loud ones get to do that. So, like, uh, just people who put their voice out there sometimes are entitled. And so those are the ones you tend to recognize. And, you know, it, honestly, if you're, like, maybe you're an avid Twitter doer and you don't follow the humble people who never have anything to say, so maybe that's just a recognition of entitlement as... Wait, so as, you're, you're telling me people don't want to follow me because I don't say anything on Twitter? Yeah, you need to be more confrontational. Oh, man. You need to attack people <laughs> with your words physically. It's like, you're going to listen to me. Uh... I've also been called lazy. That one uh, kind of bugs me. So bef- before we go any further, have you ever been the subject of... I don't want to say discrimination because this is a... Like a stupid millennial? Yeah. 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 Um... I gotta... Because whenever I think of the stereotypes of being millennial, I think of the funny things. And to like an what, extent... What, like what? Give me like the avocado toast eaten plaid hipster types. Oh, who, I who, guess who, I guess who, that, yeah. Who only eat plants because, you know, because of uh, vaccines or something. I can say but, I've um, been called a, a hipster. Not by, like, like a, a stranger. But is it... Right. So, so it wasn't, like, derogatory right but it was just because like i wear flannels i have owned a lot of flannels i like them and i was probably wearing a beanie that day and i also probably had a coffee from starbucks (laughs) so on the appearance yes sure but like those are those are things that a lot of people other than millennials participate in yeah but i mean it's our fault so (laughs) I don't know. I just think of like I think of the the ones that I always look for are the funny ones, mm-hmm. and I don't ever get the sense that people thought of me as you know entitled or lazy for just being of a certain age group. Right. And so it's not like 
because people do say they suffer from these sort of stereotypes, but um, yeah, I don't I've know. Ne- I don't. I've never I don't see it. Experienced it. I know there's things in life as a millennial that are hard, and you can sort of say that the environment is working against you at that point. But now, yeah. I have seen like as far as like lazy people go, mm-hmm. and I have seen a lot of that, a lot of like lazy millennials. But at the same time. My thought, my thought to that is, well, I haven't fully been in a big-time professional job where I'm working with professionals the whole way through. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. And so I'm, I've been forced to work with younger people all the time. And while I would say I'm one of the harder workers, I can clearly be like, that person doesn't, isn't working nearly as hard or working up to their potential as what they could do. Yeah. And so I see it in that way. Right. And I don't know what... It, it bothers me when people say millennials as a whole are lazy. Because you're basing that off of one experience, probably. Mm-hmm. You've seen like, oh, that person's being lazy. Or you hear it a lot, and it's because of social media. When really... The what was the generation behind millennials? Uh, generation X. When I could pro, I'm I would probably put money on a Generation Xer was just as lazy when they were our age. They just don't have social media to see it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I mean we can we can get dive into why um, why these are things later, but I, I guess yeah I. Because I definitely have some pushback, but I don't think it belo- belongs in this in this uh, section. So right. So we have the culture of work to live instead of live to work. I sort of I get an Instagram vibe from that. Like on Instagram, <laughs> you put up you put up your um, the things you do, and you sort of uh, you know maybe people are uh, spending money to go out and do vacations instead of saving money or something like that. Um, oh, that bothers the crap out of me. I I mean, I I'm not too uh, down on people wanting to spend their money and do things. I no. there's a there's a point at which, you know, I think as a responsible adult you should be financially secure, but at the same time, you know, maybe I don't need $10,000 in my bank account at all times or something. So I I don't know. I wouldn't I I don't personally do that stuff, but What's your? I, what's I your guess. Beef I guess it? my my part has to wait for a later section too, because it doesn't. Uh, we need to talk about all of these first before I dive into a bigger issue. I feel. Well, what's your beef in one word? Parents. Or... <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Spicy. So I want to cover all of this and then <clears throat> go into who raised us part but <laughs> ouch yeah uh so yeah. the the next one is millennials couldn't survive a day without their phones um i can kind of see that but at the same time it's like that's where people's jobs are yeah you know what i would I mean? say there's good things and bad things that can come out of that like our our job as far as this podcast goes is online and if we're away with the online is on our phone so we kind of need to have that 
Yeah. But they probably mean more so with social media than be looking at our phone all day. I I am on my on social media a lot. Uh, the, the a lot of the things I'm getting off of these is like there's nothing new under the sun. Like there might be there might be new new ways to go about doing these sorts of activities, but the activities never really change. Mm-hmm. But again, uh, we could talk about that later. Right. Um. Millennials choosing to live with their parents instead of finding a place on their own. This, you know, what I really would, grinds I, my gears. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> the, the fact that, like, oh yeah, that's something I totally want to be doing right now. Yeah. Like, I'm because not, that is that is your situation like, at the moment. Yeah, like, like, dude, I can't wait, and I can't wait to like move out. And sure, I could pro- I could definitely afford to buy a trailer, like, ten miles down the road, right? Mm-hmm. But oddly specific, but okay. Yeah, well, we talked about it. <laughs> we talked about it, not on the podcast, but it doesn't make sense to me financially. Of like, I'm just gonna move out to be ten minutes away. Right. It's like, why? <laughs> yeah. That's sort of what gets my goat about having to rent an apartment. Like, mm. that feels awful. Ooh, that Careful. feels awful to You're me. you hitting puberty <laughs> yeah, today. Yeah, a little, a little, <laughs> got a little emotional there. Um, no, uh, being in an apartment, I, it's not like being in the, the, in the apartment isn't bad. Like, I, I can deal with it, and I'm actually, it's an okay lifestyle. But, um,. You know, I'd much rather have a house because of the financial implications of owning a house, and you're not just uh, flushing your money down a toilet. Instead of uh, instead, you're investing, and you have a piece of property that will hopefully gain value rather than just be an em- or a not not an empty waste of money because obviously it's necessary, but a a, a source of financial drain that will yield no. Uh, no money back right and i mean another thing with that is uh too that i only see people moving out if they have another person they're moving in with exactly yeah for sure and so even still that's like the financial burden gets lessened but with things so expensive and it being so difficult to find a job especially as a millennial and i think we'll touch on that too later it's like there's a lot of things going against you right now <laughs> if you're part of the younger generation. I'm just curious. Oh, the... complaining. I feel like complaining is a good <laughs> one because it sounds what like I'm complaining about? a lot. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I mean, which is, it, it is true. I am complaining. I am making excuses. But for real, though, <laughs> this is hard. It's hard mm. aff. <laughs> All right, last one we have here is millennials were raised in a world of participation trophies and expect rewards for every little thing they do. So I was tempted to mention this in uh, Entitled. Uh, mm. But words like participation trophy and uh, politically correct, I think, are something that get thrown around to millennials a lot. Yeah. Um, I don't like them. <laughs> no. Uh, but... I don't know the participation trophies thing. I and we were sort of kind, sort of kind of debating this beforehand, but I have a bunch of participation trophies from baseball, none from wrestling, which is perhaps perhaps telling. 
um, <laughs> football, I'll, or um, what are some other things? But I you so talked I about, would talked about the um, like middle but would, school and high school Olympics. Oh yeah, well, there was a Olympics that were uh, facilitated by middle school and high school, and so. But I sort of put those in the bin of participation trophies because you know, I'm not the best shot putter or whatever. I guess they had us throwing discus also. I wasn't mm. the best discus. I might have been the best discus thrower in the class, but I wasn't the best discus thrower in the school or anything. And uh, but we got ribbons and we got ribbons for you know all of the events. Whoever did the best or whoever did the top three got things like that and i sort of put that in the bucket of uh participation trophies and i guess now we can get we which, can dig in because that was the last thing but go ahead with your side which i don't i don't fully agree with they do stat like stack those Olymp- um school olympics things so it's like really easy for someone to walk away with a ribbon mm-hmm. but i did those a lot and i didn't get i think i got maybe two ribbons mm-hmm. so it's not like you're given something for participating at all you know right. what i mean so like i've I, been there and i've left with nothing right i sort of i i i just some of those things it's the bar is so low to get those things right and the other one we were talking about was powerlifting and uh 5ks we used to do um, 5Ks, but that fi- that 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 one 5K is an outlier. Well, so because that was the only one, only time that happened. <laughs> well, fair enough, fair enough. But like the point is <clears throat> that these pools are so the pools of people that they bring are so small, and they cut it up into so many different uh, classes. Like in powerlifting, I've gotten a medal at both events that I went to because, um, you know, the weight classes are cut up. And it's only like 50 people um, participating. The, right. And the one, you and I were the only one in the same age group. And was it weight age class Age groups too? too. Yeah, I think it's age and weight. So. And we're, we were the only ones in there and we took both first and second. Right. And no, need, really... no need to discuss who got second though. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they really section them up. And, but I can sort of take your point on the middle school Olympics one because in that no not everyone it wasn't a true participation trophy in that only a few people got them and so maybe it was a opportunity to show the people who did not get them mm-hmm. you know this is what this is what a winner looks like no, but like you know this is something you can actively um work toward and so i get that a little bit but at the same time that didn't seem like a thing that was like go ahead and work harder than your peers it was like a you know you're good either, job you're either good, good at it or you're not kind right of a thing. yeah exactly exactly and i'm pretty sure you could do as many events as you wanted right or you had to as do long, three of them you had to do three maybe maybe it was just three i think you but, could do more if you wanted to you had to sign up though mm-hmm yeah, I just I I get that, but at the same time I I've never got I haven't gotten a true participation trophy since I was in like T-ball. Yeah. I I got one from 2003, so I was 8 years old. 
And it was just a base. It was a baseball one. That was the only participation trophy I got. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we, maybe we were just raced right. Yeah, we were just better than the rest of them. No. St- stupid millennials. <laughs> no. Um. So we're we gonna dive into the reality. Uh, yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, we can do that, and hopefully, we address some of the stereotypes. And now a message from our sponsor. Audible helps you get through the books you're struggling to read by listening to them. With Audible, you have access to thousands of audiobooks, podcasts, guided wellness programs, theatrical performances, A-list comedy, and exclusive Audible originals you won't find anywhere else. By using our link, you get access to 30 days completely free. But buddy, guess what else? What else? You also get one audiobook completely free, and you can cancel anytime. To get this amazing deal and to support us, please follow our link to www.audibletrial.com slash J and J connection, and please sign up now. So, and I sort of cut this up into two broad sections in millennial reality and there's sort of our environment as in things that were true whenever we came in or things that have just changed their form and so it's exactly the same thing occurring over generations but now we have technology and it makes it less recognizable Mm -hmm. but the other one is self-inflicted wounds which i i can say with some certainty is definitely a product of millennial culture and something that uh, millennials grow to resent and aren't really I don't want to sound controversial but like things that millennials wouldn't tell you are problems and mostly this is just like opin- like obviously it's all opinions but I think there's a lot of um, a lot of um, weird cultural quirks that we have that are detrimental but nobody see, nobody recognized them right or and so i that's sort of the thought mindset i was coming coming in that with yeah um and let's just go down the list like we did the other one that, that seemed to work pretty well mm-hmm. uh so the first one is a need for higher education yes i well, do you, do you have anything to say first? I want to know what exactly you mean by that before I make a comment. I would say the um, it's extremely difficult to get a job as a high schooler. Yes, And okay. it's extremely hard to get a job as a high school dropout. And that, so that obviously pushes people to want to go to higher education. And as far as parents... You know, you want your kids to do better than you did, so you want to send them to higher education, things like that. And on top of the fact that these entry-level jobs... The first entry-level job I got was after college. Well, after okay, after a summer labor job, the first actual job I had was a uh, um, entry-level position that I was contracted to do through a separate company. Mm. And then after six months of experience... I had to apply for the position I was doing. I applied and I was looking at the application and it said it you said you needed 
a higher higher education degree in science or some related field and three years of experience right and I, that just I, makes me I was, infuriates I was, me I was underqualified to get a job that I had been doing for six months. Yeah. And not to, and the guy who knew the most in the lab and was the most competent was a high school graduate who happened to be in the business for must have been forty years. He was in his sixties, and it was like, not to say, you know, why am I doing a high schooler's job? But like. No, this is a job that can be done by anyone who's willing to put in a little bit of effort. Mm-hmm. So why did I need to go to four years of college to do this? Right. And uh, um, so that's sort of my beef with uh, with higher education, and, the, and it, everyone expects it. So if Which, you want to reflect on it a little bit. So I'm I'm one of the people that never wa- I didn't want to go to college mm-hmm. because I. I, I maybe I saw its flaws early on, <laughs> and I just I didn't like it, and I mean then I ended up going and wasting my time at one school, then going and trying something else simply because they made a lot of money and retired early, because I didn't know what I wanted to do, that was the air traffic control and flying stuff, mm-hmm. to then transferring again to a community college. Because, well, now I'm going to try to save some money and get an associate's in something. Mm-hmm. And finally finding something I liked. And even after that, I still didn't want to go back to another school and get my bachelor's. Because I was like, I feel like I'm pretty good at this stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty good at design and making a logo or something. Like, I made our logo. And, I mean, I've done other things for other people. And... I don't want to toot my horn and say I was the best in my like little class at the community college I went to, but I think I was up there. So hmm. if I'm good at doing something that you need done, why do I need a bachelor's to say I can also do the exact same thing I'm already doing now? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and sort of, and I guess the obvious rebuttal to this is if you didn't, if you don't like school, don't go to it. But it's really a false choice because, again, there's no jo- <laughs> there's no jobs for high schoolers. There's some of the most hard to Im- there's the they are the most some of the most jobless people in society right now. And so, you know, I'd like to see a world where more college or more high school dropouts and more high schoolers could get a job because they don't like school. Like, sure, fine, whatever. Right. But um. You I mean, know, you do, I, the, re- you do. the whole reason I went back to higher edu- or to to education generally is because I in a field I was working in, you can't you you don't get the qualification you need unless you have a PhD. And it's like mm-hmm. I don't want to be in school. Right. I I'm gl- I'm blessed to have a salary and I do I do work that I find interesting at school and I, the connections I've made, it's great. But if I didn't have to, like, why couldn't I just walk into the uh, a department or um, some industrial company and just say, look, I'll just shadow with whatever you're doing. And if I get five years of experience here, that'd be way better than doing four years in a PhD in one year, one year here. 
Right. Like, you could and, tell me what I need to do at this job. And you know what's stupid? What? Whenever you do get that job, they're still going to, sh- like, walk you through it. Right. And everything you need to do. Like, that's that's what irks me the most. It's like, no matter where where you go. Like, I've been... I've had internships at places, and I've just been... It's They hold your hand. To start mm-hmm. with, it's like, once once you're good, you're good. You know, you don't really... You don't need the previous education. It's like, why did I learn all this other crap when I'm not doing any of that here? Why didn't I just learn this specific role? And then now I have x amount of years of experience yeah anywho yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, i i don't it's just a bad situation i don't at the same time now i don't think people should be looking at higher education because then you're just unemployed with a bunch of debt but we start at a community college yeah like my god i can't stress that enough i hate when people go to a go to a I mean, some people who really want to know or do what they want to do, they, they, they can go to a big university or a big college, whatever. Mm-hmm. But for someone who's like kind of on the fence, like, I think I want to do this, but I'm not sure. Go to a community college. You'll save thousands of dollars. My yeah. God. And even if you oh. don't, don't know what you want to do yet, go to a community college. They have associate degrees in everything. Yeah. That was why I was so I was comfortable at Grove City because I think my tuition started off at like twenty five thousand a year, uh-huh. whereas if I went to another private school, they'd be fifty, fifty thousand. Right. Uh, the school I go to now charges seventy thousand a year. Sweet Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it's like, why are you gonna? You're asking an eighteen year old to know what they're gonna be doing for the rest of their life. Their life. I didn't know what I wanted to do for the rest of my life until like half a year ago, and I'm sure that's going to change by the time I'm done with it. I don't even know what I want for dinner. <laughs> right? That's it. <laughs> no, it's just... It's crazy. Ooh. Anyway, we went on a little tangent there. Let's move on to the next one. It's still about jobs, but jobs <laughs> <laughs> jobs concentrated in large cities. Yeah. This we so already this... went over the job requirements part of that. Right. This sort of goes... This sort of is two parts, I would say. A lot of it is, you know, there there's a desire to, at least on my part and maybe some other people's part, to own homes. Yeah. And um, that's not going to happen when you live in the city. Like, that's why finding a, finding a house... I'm sure if I moved out to Delaware or uh, North Dakota and went to school out there, I could buy a house on the salary I'm on. That is a absolute non-opportunity here and even people who work professionally in dc nobody has houses you've got to be top of the top to have a house in dc like right the the people i i go to a church in a pretty suburban area and these people maybe maybe they aren't the tops in their fields and i'm just maybe i'm talking them up but like they do important and they're the only they do important things and they're some of the only people doing them like ton of people work in uh the pentagon one person i talked to um was running a lab that a nobel prize winner or was working at and like so these are the people living the top of the top in dc and you know only they have houses and in some cases some of them have condos like right 
and here I am paying thirteen hundred for an apartment. It's like, but that's the that's the only thing you can do whenever all of the jobs are you know the Pentagon and uh, or just densely popla- populated areas. Right. I, I'm I'm sure you're looking at that too, being you know sort of the source of jobs you would be looking for is Pittsburgh, and you live an outside hour outside of the city. Right. And I hate that they always they always ask for like um, lo- locals only, is one I'm seeing a lot. So it's like if someone applies that's from Pittsburgh, or that's I don't know thirty minutes closer than me, they're gonna go ahead of me, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But that's some that's something that sucks is being this like out in the country in the middle of nowhere being in a field that I want to be in which although it does make me more like okay I'm just gonna start my own business out here and then just have a monopoly over everybody here (laughs) yeah (laughs) but and then that's that would be my start Uh, but you know that's just that's just a thought because I just graduated and I'm trying to figure out what my next big move is Mm mm-hmm I will say though, being in the cities, it's like you tend to see if you if you're in a really niche uh, niche niche. Uh, we had this Whatever. conversation already. Yeah. Uh, if you're in a really niche field, you tend to see a lot of the same people. Yeah. And so that's a that's an opportunity. Like <laughs> we're, we're time traveling, but um, we have a guest on next week who will say something about seeing the same people whenever you're in a certain certain field field of work and you just tend to see the same people uh running around and there's opportunities that way like not not to say that all of these things are cripple or just broadly now uh there's nothing to say about the millennial reality that is just absolutely crippling and millennials can't do anything about it it's just that these are some uh obstacles that we have to find a way to overcome now right and it's uh, being a younger generation at least uh us individually we haven't had time to figure it out i'm sure we might but right uh uh we haven't had time to figure it out but, and it's a sort of new environment but with that also being said uh talking about like jobs being far away mm-hmm. you'll have that one person says like they they did this uh when they were your age, you know, like walked miles. Mm. Mm. Although there is one dude around here where I live. Mm-hmm. He, he works at a giant Eagle and God bless his soul. He walks even farther than I thought he did originally. Jeez. He walks, Oh, it's gotta be close to 20 miles. Like a one way. No way. No. Cause that road six. So about, Maybe thirty miles in a day, every day. Good Lord. I don't know how he does it, but it's like that's not really an option. Option if you want to do everything yeah. you want to do. Yeah. Uh, we got to move on though. Yeah. Well, one note on that. I feel like you know these these argument or these sort of grievances are tangential to actual very serious problems. Yeah, because you know, like just unemployment generally, like you have situations like that. Like these, are, we're we're lucky to have these problems, 
but all the same it's uh you know things things that sort of uh influence the way we whack, or we act in other ways so right Two, all right next one two financial crises crises crisis yeah crises. crises yeah uh 2008 um and now heck yeah man love it i honestly love it every right, second <laughs> right now so it was extremely bad for and we i can't even take a little bit of the uh of the um full force of these two things because the financial the first financial crisis crisis in 2008 happened when we were in middle school so right i really but people the millennials who were coming out of high school at that time i'm sure and i've talked to people like if you didn't want to go to high school well to, or if you didn't want to go to college, well, too bad. There's no jobs anymore. So right. better bide your time. And then people even a little older than us, but I still think in our age or in the millennial generation, were graduating college at the time. And they said, oh, there's no more jobs. Um, see you next. See you in whenever this is over. And so higher education. That's why we have a ton of uh, PhDs, more PhDs than we've ever had. And Arguably, that's probably what led to the push for people to go to higher education generally. Yeah. So we're definitely not... We're facing the tail ends of these things, which is nice. But, um, yeah, that's Well, I mean, of, I'm, right out of, I'm right out of college, and then all this mm, crap hit. Mm, mm. So, and the worst part is, is... Excuse me, I'm burping. I ended up getting laid off from my job, right? Mm-hmm. And to top it all off, I don't qualify for unemployment. Mm. So I'm not one of those entitled millennials. <laughs> do I feel like I deserve some money? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like I can't, I can't find work right now. Mm. I, I mean, I'm lucky enough that my boss brings a, brings me in every now and then, and you know, gives me some money for doing some work. Can I say that? Yeah, sure. Did I ever say where I work? No, I don't think so. <laughs> but yeah, so th- like that happens every now and then. But it's like, I don't want to be doing my labor job that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I want I want to do a real job, and they're like like um, people are losing their jobs because of this. Well, for, because of COVID nineteen, and they just can't afford it. Right. Yeah, I said the number back in uh, mid May. Uh, people who were earning forty thousand a year, forty uh, percent of them were unemployed. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's a hard knock life for us. <laughs> um, yeah. Moving on, unaffordable housing. Uh. Well, that's yeah. Some of that's thanks. You already to kind of talked about that. Two thousand eight. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, maybe this is just, so a lot of this problem, I feel like it's different in a lot of different places. In DC, you literally aren't allowed to build housing or the little bits of housing that you are are allowed to build get filled up quickly by people with lots of money to spend on them because that's just how supply and demand works. Mm -hmm. And, um, so you know, this is sort of a, kind of a problem, and this is going to be a huge tangent. But they talk about um, don't make it, don't make it too huge. They they talk about um, luxury housing, 
Mm. And it's just basically new housing. And then people with money come in and buy them. And, but the people who live in those areas don't want expansion. They say, okay, I've got my house now. Nobody else is allowed to build around me because I like my yard. Mm. And uh, then you have to find a different place to go. And it's just, there's not enough houses for everybody. So we just sort of chill out and rent apartments and things like that. Or live at home. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's let's actually keep moving on. Irresponsible elites and the government. So I feel like the There's financial... too many old people in the government. Yeah. Well yes. Way too yes. many old people and that frustrates me. I wouldn't say it's old people. Like so here's here's where my new I mean I'm not I'm not I'm not blaming them. I'm just making it also apparent right this is what i wanted to say i forgot about it earlier but this is what i want to say in the two financial crises also is it, we sort of in millennials there's definitely it's like a protest culture you know there's just lots of protests happening and like not not talking about this one so much but the uh earlier ones about you know there's a march on wall street and things like that mm-hmm. do you remember um, yeah those but it's like you know, these financial crises are making people restless and they're proving to us, especially in how they're handled. Uh, like in 2008, um, a lot of the banks just sort of got their money and no one was held to account. And that's a big problem. <laughs> like, uh, not only is that optically just a bad problem, that is an actual big problem. It's like... Right. Um, Right, because there's some things that just happen and they look bad, but they can be explained. But that's really it, it unexcusable. Like you've got these people who are playing games with uh, how money was being lent, and as a result, tons of people lost their houses, and nobody ever really suffered for that. And so, you know, now we have now we have a generation who's uh, really distrustful of the government. And rich people, especially, like how many how many uh, things have we seen about how how much people hate Jeff Bezos? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just rich people in government. They have a um, a deep seated um, suspicion about them that's sort of unique in its own way from sort of the frustrations of baby baby boomers and Gen Xers. Right. So I I make it a point to try to figure out what the underlying causes of these sorts of problems are um especially as far as how governments run like i try to obviously i don't understand all of it but i'm trying to understand why someone makes a bad decision it looks like a bad decision but then you look into it and you say oh like it's just a different side it's a different way to handle this situation but the way it looks it looks like they're trying to tear it all down like uh one example being uh net neutrality like remember when net neutrality was going to destroy the internet yeah or the lack of net neutrality was going to destroy the internet yeah and the internet's still here and you know we nobody sort of has any complaints about it yeah so uh, but you don't you don't pay attention to this stuff as much no and thank god <laughs> thank god you don't 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 it's bad <laughs> stupid but i don't um, pay attention to things that i don't find interesting 
And if it doesn't directly hurt me or affect me. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your, what's your, I know I sort of wrote that and you didn't get time to look at it. What's sort of your thought on that? On what? Just irresponsible elites in government? Yeah. I just think there's too many old people, too many old thoughts. Mm -hmm. Just like, I, I don't know what everyone's opinion is that's in office right now Mm -hmm. that are in all, all the different offices. But I know that there's a lot of seats held by people that have served multiple terms. I don't know what the decisions all those people have made. I still feel that those people that have served more than two should be out. And it should be given to, like, just bring in some younger people. And I mean, what's sad is I feel like. Th- Even if a younger person got in, they wouldn't listen to them, like listen to what they have to say. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, so, but it would be different if they were running it all neat and tidy, right? Right. Like if they're running well, no one would have any complaints about how old they are. In 2018, the average uh, age of, oh, hold on. Oh, come on. (laughs) Average age in 2018 of a Congress member was, uh. 57.8 57.8 years and senators it was 61.8 years that's pretty old yeah well yeah there's I it's remarkable it, it's a remarkable how many like outlier ish old people there are like, right i'm sure there's several seven like well the only people running for president are 70 years old now <laughs> which is also so stupid like if that doesn't tell you that there's a problem <laughs> I don't know what will. So, this is sort of where I diverge, though, because, you know, if somebody who's 80 years old runs a com- country well, uh, what's the what's the complaint? They're too old. I don't know. There's always going to be someone who complains about it. Yeah. But, but I mean, I... if if you do nothing, it's just like okay. You know. Yeah. But I mean, you. <sighs> Is, what is the age where your brain and stuff starts deteriorating? I I don't know if there's a set number on that. Brain deteriorate starts around age 30 to 40. So Well, brain development isn't done until like 25. That's fine. So let's get a 25-year-old in. <laughs> so we, Put me we, in, coach. I'm ready to play. <laughs> so I, I don't... I had... This is. I kind of want to move this, on from this topic because it's not really relevant. I don't feel. Okay. To millennials. So I'm. I'm just. I feel like that's like. People millennials acting out and being like activists. I sort of that. That's sort of what I attribute that to, is there's been a lot of irresponsible running of, these, uh, sort of. Um institutions that sort of held us together right. whether it be like the the church or government or my only banks. my only opinion on that is that i agree with you <laughs> like, that's not good I, mean, I i think it's messed up do i know anything within it of why it's messed up not a clue so i know it's wrong and i know it needs fixed and that's all maybe that maybe that's why people like we have that protest culture well that, because right. they don't we don't know what we don't know what we're supposed to do 
all we know is that okay we can protest uh and we just hope that somebody smart comes up but then again we also said it earlier like who's the loudest in the crowd and then mm. it's then it's the idiot up front mm. anyway we need to move on um to self-inflicted wounds Ooh. so this is just my excuse to complain about our peers <laughs> <laughs> no i mean like i there's some there's some definitely cultural quirks that i'm i'm not a fan on of personally but i can understand like the travel culture like you know i'm not gonna spend I, i'm going on my first real big boy trip this september october in colorado with me with you and um but this is my first one I've had money for a pretty long time, like money enough to go and do these things. And I, I hadn't even been, I'm in, I'm investing money now, but before I just used to kind of save and I don't even think it's because I'm so thrifty or anything. I think it's just because I don't, I don't like doing those sorts of things, but I can understand where people are coming from in that they want to do that and do those things. Right. My, these my... aren't, these aren't what these are. <laughs> My thought is like I want I do want to travel a lot, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to do it until I know everything is financially secure, right? And should I get into the who raised this part of this now? Uh, or should I wait until that'll be the late the second half, which okay. we'll have to try to make that pretty quick. Second half, yeah, I was gonna say. Um. I guess I'll do it at the end. It'll be just be the end of all this. Okay. Um. Crap on a stick. But like, so you know, travel culture. I don't. I don't live it. Fine. Okay. I, but if you want to spend all your money and go but travel, I, I, re- I really have no problem with that. I don't. It's. I don't think it's only their money. That's that's where I want to go. You don't think it's only. I don't the, think. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I, Do you mean like their parents' money? Yes, that's what I was gonna say. Well, like maybe you just don't like rich people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What? That's where it comes from, though. That's that's where travel culture comes from. Uh, I would say that's social media. That, then, that's, then where that's do you some, see it? That's something. Ba- that's something baked into social media. Then where do you media. see it? See what? Where do you see travel culture? In social media, yeah. Who do you see doing it? Uh, rich people. Well, right, but it starts out. It starts <laughs> off as that, but like you know, any rich person can go and do a thing. Right. But but you know it, it, what the what social media does to the brain is is say uh, anyone can do this. Go ahead, just you. This is who you have to compete with. But you can just say no, like. The people who you're going to see that first are the, uh, just I don't know, Chloe I'm Kardashian. I'm so confused on what you're trying to what you're trying to get at. Then. So the so think <laughs> about the first, uh, or the first, oh, oh god. So <laughs> yes, you see people online who are going and taking trips. Those people are rich. Their kids are also doing that sort of thing because they're rich. Like, okay, okay fine. Right. So what? It, right. So. So what's the? Why am I? Why? Right. So why am why, I wrong? Why? Why are you mad at them? 
I'm not mad at them. I was just making a, making an observation. I was mis- saying like it's rich oh, people. It's you rich sounded kids. mad. No, the parents are giving them the money to do it. That's sure. what I was saying. You sounded mad. I am mad. <laughs> I'm Good always. Lord. Mad. I'm always mad. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, I so I thought you were saying that was a self-inflicted wound thing. You I were thought you on something earlier. I thought you were saying it was a self. This this point wasn't even written down. No, what I <laughs> that's was, why what I'm I was so sa- lost. What I was saying is, <laughs> the self-inflicted wounds thing, that's its own section. Right. A sec. There's something that could, you might think was a self-inflicted wound would be travel culture or like something. I prefaced it with, there are things in millennial culture that I don't like. But I er, that I don't um, do, but are completely fine in my eyes. But then there's the self-inflicted wounds, which are things of millennial culture that I don't do, but is actively hurting the people around us and us as a um, generation group. I'm just saying those are two different things. If that section doesn't make sense, we'll have to... Uh, Well... No, it it makes sense. So, what I what I was con I thought you were saying I was wrong, and then I was like, "But we're both agreeing." <laughs> that's, no, that's where there. That's where my confusion was. But let's get into this self inflicted wounds of problems with millennials. And the first one we have written is dating culture and living life through technology. I mostly just want to let's just stick with the dating culture one. Okay. Because that's easy to talk about. Right. Well, sort of, my my view of dating culture is very much colored by the technology part. And we sort of talked about this last time. But, like, technology makes the dating culture just sort of a meat market. And that's never really what it was supposed to... That, that's... I don't know what dating culture was supposed to be before we started living through it. But that... This ain't it. <laughs> no, this is... This culture is stupid. It's just like it's hookups, you know. It's like, oh, they they look pretty, or you know what I mean. Right. But and then seeing on social media, all men are trash, like all the time. <laughs> That's so annoying. I hate that yeah. <laughs> because it's like, no, they're not. You just happen to go for men that are trashed. Well, I think it's... And that's, I mean, that's part of the dating culture. That's what it is. I think what it, what sort of the thought that all men are trash or all women are trash or whatever kind of, um, they, in the, in Reddit, they call that the nice guy slash nice girl. Like they say, I'm, I'm a nice guy, but you know, <laughs> something completely outrageous. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um... I feel like the dating culture has been since you have your sort of pick and there all the options are laid out in front of you there's this thought that you know you have your soulmate and there's someone who's going to be 100% with you all the time you're never going to disagree and not to say it's like you're not going to fight a little bit but like you're just going to be completely in sync and going to want the same things and you're going to be able to read each other and like that i don't think i don't think that's it no um 
and a lot of go ahead the other thing that bothers me with that too is you have to like the thought is okay eventually i'm gonna find them so let's just give go with everybody you know like, I'm going to try this person, 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 I'm going to try this person. You know, and then you find, then you find the person you like, and, I don't, I don't know, then you would, like, talk, and then you're like, yeah, I've been with all these people, and then you're like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, well, th- wow. <laughs> well, I think, well, I don't know, do you want to expand on that? Uh, so I don't know because I, it, it's gonna it's like it's gonna be uh controversial. So, I don't find anything wrong with someone who has dated a lot of part, people as long as they know what they're looking for. But I think the problem is no, it's the people that don't they don't know what they're looking for, and they're just right. dating to date, and then that's what I mean. Then they find someone they like, like they pick the parts out of all these people, but they were like, yeah, this is what I want. I liked him for that reason, him for that reason. I got to find a guy that has all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I... That's kind of weird to me. Because then you're just using people for a, for a period of time. Mm-hmm. Which, I'm like, I can go on record and, being, and say, like, I... I can I go on record and say that? I don't know. That I was kind of used for a time. Like, I knew it was... Yeah. Like, I don't know. That was some kind of, like, mental... Mental mess me up. Mm -hmm. Like, knowing that the relationship was going to end. But I was still holding on hope that it might keep going. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's... that's, But the person you were with never never intended for any of that. Is that what you're saying? No, never intended for what? Uh, For it to continue. Correct. For for it to be... for it to be a long-lasting relationship. Correct. When right. when okay. me, personally, I never go into a relationship with an idea of like, yeah, this is going to end soon. Mm-hmm. Like, that's... If I'm getting into, rela- into a relationship, I hope it lasts a while. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to, like, sit there and put an end date on it, but, you know, people do that. Yeah. Yeah, I just... I think people just compromising on what they have and again this maybe this will get us back into social media which is also our next next thing but um it's sort of when when the options seem limitless why do you ever have to settle sort of thing and when did we talk about this i remember saying something about settling where it's like some settling is good and some settling is bad that that is in a future episode you're time traveling again time traveling again so <laughs> settling yeah, settling for just the um I, I, never mind I, oof, I lost it i'll just move on to validation and social <laughs> media <laughs> oh boy coming oof. we're coming close to the end here but hang on tight validation social media. social media immediate gratification we do this to ourselves all the time i feel like i've gotten better at it because mm-hmm. i mean we actually we actually know someone who stopped using social media because they recognized that they were on it way too often and they were consumed by it. You'll have to tell me later. I will. Um, but it like that's why it's, it's good to take breaks from social media, you know? Mm-hmm. 
But I mean, I I would post a lot of stuff on Instagram, like my my workouts, because it mm-hmm. even though because it felt good, like yeah, look look at me. But then it like I don't know, then the then the um, coronavirus happened and you know stopped going to the gym, so stopped posting, and now I'm like, you know what? I'm not gonna post nearly as often as I do now. Mm-hmm. And when I whenever I do post, I'm gonna make it something important, or I'm be hitting a PR that I've never hit before instead of just showing like, yeah, doing speed day, <laughs> mm-hmm. this and that. Well, I, I sort of feel like the social media, at least whenever I used it for the same sorts of things, it was sort of just, you know, I could see it. And that's all I... And I, some people would like and very rarely comment, but, like, I, I just... Something about me, like, it wasn't like I went on there and posted because I knew I could be better than the the guy who was only benching you know 185 instead of 195 or whatever right so i i think that's sort of useful but i don't i think a lot of people it's it's easy to see that in sort of powerlifting because you're very you're very stuck in what you're it's not like if you just tried harder or spent more money you could lift four thousand pounds or something but like and now we can get back to travel culture like i feel like there's a desire to imitate people who are doing well and are successful and have lots of money and you want to you want to emulate that mm-hmm. and so you spend a lot of money or you do these things and whenever you're whenever emotionally it's really not a supportive um not a uh, not an encouraging uh action or financially you just can't you literally can't support the way that these people live their lives, but you're going to try to outpace them, outpace them anyway. And to an extent that that's always been a thing. Like you try to have the nicest things or whatever, but you are competing with your neighbor, like in Christmas lights, you're competing with your neighbor or something. But on social media, you're competing with the Kardashians or whoever (laughs) the world. And so, and I, I don't, I don't want to say that I'm like, above all this because oh i recognize it like that's just that's just how your brain works like yeah there's there's study after study after study that says you know the more time you spend on social media the less likely you're going to be it is that you're going to be happy and things like that and to an extent there's a lot of stress that i go through trying to keep up with the relevant news on twitter twitter is both amazing and terrifying in that news travels so fast on twitter but Mm. that only creates the incentive to make junk news which is just complete all it is is controversy for controversy's sake right and it's like infuriating but i get sucked into it too like i don't post anything because i'm i i I don't think i have much to add to this conversation but i see them and it's just like just to know just to know that things like that are going in on in the world is an affront to to my to my decency Mm. but whereas but you know if you live with your little group of people and 20 20 people there's it's far less likely you're going to see that kind of stuff and it's far less likely that you're going to act in a weird way to impress people who essentially don't exist right i don't know it's all 
it's all crap. <laughs> and I know this during this whole podcast we haven't <laughs> we haven't given a solution to any of it. We've just kind of been saying well, what everyone kind of mostly knows about millennials, but I mean there there's issues that we need to be fixed. And it's just that you can't really change a whole generation of people. Right. Well, I mean, it, it comes down to who raised us, <laughs> <laughs> and how we raise our children, and how our children raise our children's children. <laughs> I think we should end this podcast now. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the J and J Connection podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. We are available wherever you get your podcasts from. And don't forget to follow us on social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and you can email us. And also, don't forget to check out the Audible link, all provided below in the description. One of these days, we'll make sure to fix the grammar mistakes in the outro, but only when someone points it out.